0: the way I don't know what to respond to that but okay
1: (laughs) that was so good how'd you do that
0: I think I'm just born to be evil
1: (laughs) oh that was really good hi guys this is Janessa and I'm here with my sister Kathy hello and you're listening to the pathological podcast slash maybe a Star Wars Mandalorian podcast maybe question mark question mark um if you haven't watched the Mandalorian you have to it's so good
0: okay but I've been pushing you to watch the Mandalorian since like season one came out
1: (laughs) then you finish it in like a week we watched season one in two days I mean which sounds impressive but they're only eight what eight episodes long no or is it 12 I
0: think it's I'm not really sure, actually. I, mean,
1: I can't remember either, but...
0: But they're, like, 40 minutes. Like, some of them are
1: 30, but they're, like, 30 to 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's impressive. So, it's still
0: kind of impressive, especially
1: having kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what's funny is, and I feel like most parents will agree, like, when you put the kids to bed, you're faced with this decision of, do I catch up on sleep and go to bed early? Or, because, you know, kids get up at the butt crack of dawn. Or, do I take time for myself and do things like watch my TV shows or binge or whatever? And I am in that latter category, unless I'm not feeling well or something like that, I'll go to bed early, but for the most part, like that's my me time. So that's like four hours, (laughs) we stay up to like midnight, but that's what we did. We just binged it for like two days for episode, or for season one. And then we caught up to season two in two days as well. And now we're, we have one, one, one episode left and we have to wait a whole freaking year for season three.
0: But with all of the new Marvel shows coming out, I feel like that kind of helps fill in the spots until Mandalorian Season 3 comes out. Because you got Loki, you got WandaVision, you yes. got the what
1: if. I was not sure about WandaVision, but the latest promo looks so good. I
0: heard it was more of a take of on the comic books, because I heard, and this is, of course, just rumors, so mm-hmm. whatever. But like I heard that in the Doctor Strange 2 movie, in the, Into the Multiverse that she is actually going to be like one of the villains and that movie is supposed to be rated R. It's going to be the first scary Marvel really? movie. So um, in the comic books, uh, there's this whole house of M stuff where Scarlet Witch like creates an alternate reality where she has vision alive and she has two kids. And then she's like slowly going insane. And I totally forget what the name of the villain was but he was like feeding her into this manipulation into her going into like going evil whoa that's so crazy. I think Wanda Vision is going to be a
1: setup for Doctor Strange too. that makes sense because in the promos you can hear somebody yelling like Wanda can you hear me can you hear me but yeah that's what Joe thinks too and that's what happens in the comic book because she basically just goes insane after Vision dies and creates her own uh reality it would be cool if um she brought Quicksilver back
0: in a way because right. I felt like he was a really cool character in Age of Ultron, but like him dying to save Hawkeye, we didn't really get to see much of him. So exactly. it'd be kind of cool if she brought him for a portion of the WandaVision series. If he got to have like some cameos in there, that'd be cool. And Loki. Who 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 cannot love Loki? Who
1: cannot? That does Ugh. look really good.
0: Tom Hiddleston is main character energy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that one. And I think I'm excited for most of the Star Wars ones as well. Um, I know a lot of people are worried about oversaturation, but I feel like if, if things follow the pace that The Mandalorian has, I mean, we get eight or 12 weeks of episodes. And then and then you you have to wait for that show for another year. So then it's like going to be spaced out. So we'll have like the Ahsoka one. We'll have the, what is it? Rangers of the New Republic. We'll yeah. have like Obi-Wan, which yes, Obi-Wan. With Hayden Christensen, I think that one's going to be really good. Oh, I hope it's so good. I I cannot wait. So I think it'll be spaced out enough that, you know, it's not like you're going to be like stuck with, not stuck with, but have all these shows all at once and you're not going to know what to watch. I think they're going to purposely stagger them and then you'll have a bunch to watch. Yeah, throughout the year and same with the Marvel stuff which is I'm excited for what if as well yes that looks so good did you see zombie Captain America I did oh I'm so excited so excited yeah sorry guys I know this is not probably the content (laughs) that you're here for but (laughs) this is the content that you're getting okay
0: (laughs) I feel like we should have our own like radio talk show I mean just go off on a nerd
1: honestly yes because I wanted well I just Like, I feel like we could go off about like anything, like current topics or nerd stuff or whatever. And I tried to get Joe to do something like that, but he was not for it. So if you want to do something like that, 2021 new talk show with Janessa and Kathy, here we come. Um, I'm, I'm down. Yes. Okay. Brainstorming during the episode, but you know, we'll see. see. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the middle of the episode. Oh, I have an idea for the talk show. (laughs) That would be amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Gosh, what a way to end the year, though, like, with that announcement of all that stuff, and you have to watch the newest episode of The Mandalorian, so we can talk about that, too. I do. I'm also low-key
0: afraid, because the way the last episode left off, I'm just like, I don't know, because I low-key cried when, like, spoiler alert, he uh Mando picked up the little ball after his face exploded and my heart like was just like oh no and I'm like he lost everything and I like my heart my heart He died.
1: literally lost everything he like for a man that wears a mask you could totally tell what his emotions were his ship was gone most of his weapons were gone and like all- even even in the
0: beginning of the show when he was like if we find like the jedi you're looking for you know you have to go like off with them right like i can't go with you and just
1: i'm he just was- like
0: that's so sad he
1: loves <laughs> he- him so much And i'm like this is this is basically your son now like yes like even the armorer told him like you're his father now <laughs> like what <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. This one Grogu, I am your father. Grogu, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like you know in the last episode we talked about um, how well we I guess we didn't really talk about it. It was our opening about how you liked General Grievous. Yeah had a crush on him. See now I feel the same way about Mando. Like, I don't know, something about him and his full Beskar outfit, and he's protecting baby Yoda, <laughs> and he's like so fatherly, and he's flying across the galaxy to get this kid, even though it's going to break his heart, to get him where he needs to go. But then as soon as he takes the mask off, I'm like, oh, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Like, nothing against the, uh, what's his name? The actor, but <laughs> I don't know. I like the allure, the mystery of, of Mando and full, full outfit. And then he takes off the helmet. I'm just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I <laughs> thought if anyone would understand that, it's you.
0: I mean, he doesn't get to crawl like a spider or nothing, but.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that's a factor that you appreciate about Oh, Cre- <laughs> uh, But yeah, have you seen just one more, one more t- on this subject? And then we will, uh, you know, stop talking about this. <laughs> get to the content that the people are here for. But have you seen the uh, Clone Wars? i've seen a couple seasons of the clone wars yeah okay so joe and i have not seen it so that's on our list just to see that just to catch up on all the different storylines that are included but if we watch maybe you can like rewatch it with me and then we can talk about those too on our new our newly formed podcast that we just right now created <laughs> i am down our new our geeky podcast i'm seriously so down once we stop recording this we are going to talk about this <laughs> i
0: i am act i'm down Sweet. Okay. We could have a spooky podcast and a geeky
1: podcast. Yes. Oh my God. I'm like loving it. Okay. Done. Everyone, you're witnessing the birth of a new podcast.
0: And then we could go to Comic Con and just like nerd out. Yes. Yes. Instead of like haunted hotels, it's Comic Con. Comic Con, right? We'll do bo- once COVID's over.
1: Yes. But for now, let's get into our final part of the Urban Legends series, part five. Can you believe it? (laughs) Feels like we've been doing this forever. (laughs) It
0: does. It's been a series of what, three months?
1: Yeah, three months, which is crazy. And another, one more thing I have to mention, which I posted on our Facebook page, which is the Pathological Podcast. Um, If you're not following us, we put some really cool content on there, but um, one of the things I posted was this weekend, um I wanted to share we are so close to two thousand downloads for our podcast, which I feel like is incredible considering we launched in the second week of September. So really any numbers I would have been happy with because that means whether it's one or two thousand people like people are listening to us, which is cool. but so I posted on there like all the episodes that we have right now and, we were 170 away from 2000 streams and over the weekend we had over 55 people listen to the podcast.
0: I did post a video out on TikTok and some people commented that they were going to follow us on Insta and Facebook. Yes. So, thank you guys if you did that and thank you if you listened.
1: Yes, thank you so much. So now we're like 113 streams away, which I feel like with the next two episodes that come out, we will hit that. So, thank you so much. Like this has been so much fun to do and it's so cool that we have people that are listening and looking forward to new episodes every week.
0: And listen, listening to me like embarrass myself. So,
1: you do that on a national platform.
0: I, I mean, if you if you get TikTok and you see my TikToks cuz it's not all podcast things cuz for the algorithm, you have to do like the trendy videos. Uh, I, I embarrass it. myself 100% of the time.
1: Well, I appreciate but the sacrifice.
0: <laughs> I get I got some really cool like creators that I follow on my regular account to comment on stuff that I would post on their videos so like I'm high key fangirling for that.
1: That's amazing that's so cool. That's really good. I'm, I appreciate you throwing yourself to the fire for us You're for welcome. our podcast. You'll have to do it again with uh, our new nerd podcast.
0: Of course always.
1: Always forever. Okay so I think we are at South Dakota now is that what I said you were going to do?
0: Yes if that's alpha, forget <laughs> <laughs> alphabetical order, then yes, it's yes. South Dakota.
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh, Only man. for
0: you guys, do I get to embarrass myself?
1: Appreciate it. All right, South Dakota.
0: Okay, this is the haunting of the Alex Johnson Hotel,
1: Ooh. and
0: it's actually a hotel that you get to stay at. So after after the end of my you know, informational stuff. I'll actually kind of go into that because yes. It is a hotel I would probably stay at. It sounds really cool. And I was looking at the prices of the room and they're not that bad. And this was featured on Ghost Hunters.
1: Oh sick. All right. Let's do it. That would be so cool. I'm excited to take a trip somewhere and do something. Even if we have to start local and then move on. Like
0: right. And um they actually give you like an EMP EVP whatever EVP. that's called yeah. Yeah, yeah that thing um if you if you decide to stay in one of their haunted rooms oh my gosh we have to do that I'm down okay so this is the haunting of the Alex Johnson Hotel what intrigued me about this hotel is of course it was on Ghost Hunters and if you don't know Ghost Hunters it's a very dramatic paranormal show so and dramatic. I just love how <laughs> dramatic it is Like, hey demons, it's me, your boy. It's me, your boy. And then when the demons say hi, they're like, ah! Or like, a little bit off topic, but it's so funny, like, because you'll just hear static one of the EVPs, and I'm like, how? How do you get those words from, like, static? They're funny, guys. Or like, when they, like, torture the ghosts or, like, taunt them, I'm just like, y'all, it's stupid. Stupid. But I'm here for it. But also, don't
1: stop. (laughs)
0: Located in Rapid City, South Dakota, it is home to three spiritual beings. But before I delve into them, let's first talk about the history of this hotel. So Alex Carlton Johnson, who was the vice president of the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad, was a huge admirer of the Black Hills in South Dakota and the Lakota Sioux tribes. He dreamed of having a show place that paid tribute to Native Americans and the Black Hills. On July 21st, 1928, the hotel opened up to guests. Different visitors, celebrities, and even presidents has have visited this hotel. So the first ghost is the lady in white. In the 1970s, a young bride committed suicide in room 812. Those that knew her speculated she was murdered instead of committing suicide because they called her a very happy girl who also was supposed to inherit a large sum of money from her family. Oh, wow. However, no one was ever convicted for her death. Guests claim to see the young bride wander the halls on the eighth floor, windows being left open, and um, dresser drawers would actually be, like, taken out of the dresser and flipped upside down.
1: Ooh, no thank you. Some guests have reported
0: seeing Alex Johnson himself. They see him around the premises, and they speculate that he's there to kind of, like, watch over his hotel and see how well it's doing. They make sure it's prospering. Hmm. And then the last Barrett is a young girl. Guests have reported of um, knocking on doors on the eighth floor at night and just giggling in the hallway. No one, like I looked into it, and like it doesn't say of any young girls being murdered there from what I found Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But and it seems to like be restricted to the eighth floor for the lady in white and the young girl. So. So maybe it's just like a younger version of the bride herself. Yeah, maybe. And then if you stay at this hotel, you can do their ghost adventure package, and it comes with like um, you get a K two meter that is supposed to detect coat de- detect ghosts. I can speak <laughs> the EVP. You get twenty five dollars in dining credit. Okay. And then you get a free access to their bar on the roof. So I'm Mm -hmm. down. Okay. Yes. And then you also get free valet parking.
1: I mean, my car is not nice enough for that, but sure. (laughs) And then I liked, and the rooms,
0: like, I think a regular room is 70 bucks or so. So like a haunted room is like 170 ish.
1: I mean, that's not bad if you split it between the two
0: of us. And you get a free access to the roof bar and $25 in food credit. Like, I'm down. I'm so down. I I love eating. (laughs) I mean, the $25 is probably, like, an appetizer, but, like, let's go. (laughs) like, I don't care. Let's get our spin dip and go. And then I looked at the reviews and just to see if there was, like, any reviews about the hauntings, and I couldn't find any, but they did get, like, 4.7 stars or something like that. Wow. um, For their service, for their, like, other rooms, and then, like, roof bar so and then I guess it's a very historical hotel and then around it has a lot of things like activities to do so I'm down. Yeah that sounds awesome I'm so
1: down but yeah that's the Alex Johnson hotel haunting. That's awesome. All right I think Tennessee is next and that so
0: this is kind of a long one guys but I found it really interesting. So just like bear with me. So this story actually inspired a lot of um ghost movies like The Poltergeist. Really? Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm a huge uh, paranormal freak, so. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: <laughs> this is The Bell Witch Haunting. So, in the early 1800s, a man named John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to what is known uh, now known as Adams, Tennessee. Bell, throughout the years leading up to 1817, was thriving. He bought more land, increased his holdings to 328 acres. And he was made elder of the Red River Baptist Church. When I was reading, he was, like, a pretty good businessman. But something happened between him and his, his neighbor to where they, like, hated each other. So that's going to play on a little bit of later on in the story. Cool, okay. So one day, Bell was in his cornfield when he noticed a weird-looking animal that looked like the head of a rabbit and the body of a dog. So, I don't know if anyone really pays attention, but, like, demons have a thing where weird-looking animals, like, that's them. That's a demon. Ten out of ten.
1: Ten out of ten demon.
0: (laughs) That night, the bells heard beating sounds outside of their house. And then from there, the activity inside their house slowly built up. The entity would open up drawers, rattle chains, or move stuff around. Then it moved to ripping blankets off of their sleeping bodies, whispering voices, and then the youngest bell child, Betsy, would start being slapped or have her hair pulled by an invisible entity. Oh my gosh. John told his family to keep what they were experiencing a secret because he was with the church, and he didn't want the church to find out that this was going on in their house, but he later has the activity picked up and started getting worse confided in his friend James Johnston. So his friend and um, Johnston's wife actually spent the night and experienced the same entity disturbances. The entity's voice eventually grew in power until it loudly and unmistakably sang hymns, quoted scripture, had conversations, and would quote bell sermons. What? It was so bad it caught the attention of future president Andrew Jackson.
1: Oh my God. So,
0: two of his sons actually uh, served under Jackson when Jackson was a general. So, that's how he knew of the Bells. <laughs> that's crazy. So, Jackson, who was a general at the time, brought an entourage of men. Even before they got to the house, the entity made its presence known. It stopped the wagon so the horses couldn't physically pull it. They tried coaxing the horses, they tried everything to get the horses to move, but they just couldn't physically pull the wagon. Jackson proclaimed it was the Bell Witch, and the Bell Witch said, I will see you guys later, and they were able to proceed. After they arrived at the Bell House, their first few hours were uninventful until one of the men decided to provoke it. He said what? the spirit was scared because he possessed a silver bullet, which I looked up, and, like, for witches, um, werewolves, vampires, like, back then, they believed that silver was, like, a pure metal, so, like, it would kill all of the supernatural beings. So he said that the spirit was scared because he possessed a silver bullet that could kill it, and then the man began screaming and started jerking his body in several directions, and then he was, like, thrown out the door. Oh my gosh, what? The men, like, basically were begging that the General Jackson would, like, leave, so that morning they all left. As the entity grew in power, she would say she would do stuff and kill John Bell. There is some speculations that the entity is actually his neighbor who died and she hated John Bell because basically like his business destroyed theirs. Uh, so they believed it was her, but 10 out of 10, it's a demon.
1: I yeah, believe. for real.
0: <laughs> Soon after that, John Bell's health um, started declining very rapidly. He had a hard time breathing and then in 1820, he was found dead. A vial was found by his body. His son, John Jr., actually fed some of what was in the vial to their cat to see what it was, and the cat died instantly. Rude. Um, After the cat died, the entity then bragged about um, being the one that killed them. So they believe it was some kind of poison, of course, in the vial, but it was made from the entity. Wow. Today, the faint sounds of people talking, children playing in the field can be heard in that area. And sometimes um, candlelights will randomly appear. What? Photos of the area produce white orbs, mist, and other human like figures. And then that was it. It just led on to inspire a lot of different paranormal movies.
1: All right. So for Texas, um, we are going to talk about the Chupacabra, which Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was like a Texas one, but I guess. Yeah, I thought it
0: like. That's Mexico.
1: Yeah. So I guess it originated in like those uh, southern like countries or whatever, but like South America. Um, But then it also like came up and hit parts of Texas first in the United States. And then it kind of spread out from there. So we're going to start with this woman. Her name is Phyllis Canyon. The first time Phyllis saw a chupacabra, it was slipping through the pastures on her south central Texas ranch in broad daylight. It was June 2007, and Canyon, who was a naturopathic doctor and hunter, had just returned back from Africa. She'd seen some odd things there, but nothing like this a hairless canine figure with blue gray flesh and bony limbs. Soon after, she and her husband found one of their chickens with its throat torn open and drained of blood. Over the next few days, the mystery, the mystery predator struck again, leaving chickens that appeared to be drained of blood across the ranch. Canyon set up cameras hoping to catch the creature in the act. When that failed, she asked neighbors to let her know if they saw, captured, or killed anything that might resemble the creature she saw. In mid-July, a neighboring rancher called to say that one of the creatures had been hit by a car near his property. As Canyon stood puzzling over the scrawny creature's body, they got another call about another strange carcass, but this one was closer to Canyon's ranch. She sped back to her home, and there it was, a thin, hairless, bizarre-looking body. Canyon loaded it into her tractor and took it back to the ranch to photograph it. The chupacabra is kind of this mythical creature that's known to drain blood um, of farm animals, and it haunted the southern U.S., Mexico, Puerto Rico, and South America. So you can, have, uh, you can hear firsthand accounts from all of those places. The chupacabra folklore had resurgence in the 90s when farm animals began turning up dead with their blood drained from their body. In summer 1995, a wave of livestock killings rocked the towns of rural Puerto Rico. The victims were found with their wounds on their throat and seemingly empty of blood. Without a culprit, dark rumors spread throughout the island. They started calling it the chupacabra, which is also known as the goat sucker. As panic was building, a woman named Madeline Tolentino reported a bizarre sighting outside of her mother's house in Canovanas, Puerto Rico. A long-limbed, earless creature with spiny back appeared in the yard. She said it had huge eyes staring through the window and it like totally freaked her out. She said the thing, once it saw that she was looking at him, leaped back into the jungle. The first sighting in the continental U.S. took place a year later in Miami. In 2000, a Nicaraguan rancher shot and wounded something attacking his goats. A few days later, a ranch hand found the carcass. It was a hairless, rangy looking canine. It was the first time that an actual body had been associated with the legend at that time. In 2004, 2007, and 2009, several chupacabra carcasses popped up in the central part of Texas, many with warty skin and protruding teeth. All of them, including canyons, have been subjected to DNA testing. The results have been the same, though. They concluded that they are mangy, sick coyotes, or dogs. That diagnosis, however, doesn't satisfy Canyon. She says, quote, I have now done DNA at five different universities. All of them come back identical. They do not have any animal that matches in the archives. Either way, Canyon keeps a taxidermy of the creature that was found um, near her property on display for all to see. And the lore of the chupacabra lives on. And then I also have in here, when I was looking uh, at different Texas urban legends, um, the Chupacabra is the biggest one, and I figured most people kind of have heard about that one, so I might as well talk about that. But another notable mention is uh, one that's called the Falling Body Picture, and so the legend says that the Cooper family had just moved into a house in Texas in the 1950s. Inside of their new kitchen, they took a family portrait. However, when the photo was developed, the family saw a horrifying apparition in the shot and it was a body that was falling head down from the ceiling, but it was like picked up. Yeah. The picture is spooky AF. I'll share it when we post the the post for this episode, but it's so spooky. But I just was like, that's like the shortest one ever. I couldn't find any like background info. If the house was haunted, if something was haunting the family, there was like nothing. It was just this picture. All right, Utah, you're up. Okay. So this is the story
0: of water babies. Um, I think it was for Idaho. I did a similar story called water babies, but that legend was the Native Americans. Um, they went through starvation and they actually ended up drowning their babies because they couldn't feed them. That's right. Yeah. And um, you could hear, you know, the cries of the babies off the banks of the water. I think it was Ooh. snake river water or snake river that that was at. Well, for Utah, it's more sinister. It's it's short, but for Utah Lake, the water babies are seen as basically demons. They basically use their cries to lure people like into the water to kill them. Sometimes they're shown as babies. Sometimes they show themselves as like three or four year olds, and then sometimes they they kind of take a more like siren approach, where um, if someone's like at the water, they'll like basically do this sort of, I want to say magic or, or something like that to make the person fall asleep. And then when when they wake up, it's like a beautiful woman sitting next to them and they basically drag them down into the water. Ooh, spooky. So it's a more, they're, they're like seen as tricksters and manipulators that get you to the edge of the water so they can drown you. Ah, got and it. it was made up by Native Americans because a lot of their people were drowning. So They were convinced that these water babies were the ones that were killing their people.
1: Yeah, that's water babies. Water babies. Sinister water babies. Cool. Well, Vermont is next. So Vermont's uh, urban legend is called the Hayden House. So the old Hayden House still stands on the outskirts of Albany, Vermont. The Hayden family is thought to have perished under the vengeful curse of William Hayden's mother-in-law, Mercy Dale. So Miss Dale tried to be a good mother-in-law and lent her daughter's husband large sums of money that was supposed to go towards the family business. Instead, Hayden squandered it away, supporting his lavish lifestyle. He refused to pay the money back as well. Things went from bad to worse when Dale suspected that her son-in-law was poisoning her. Legend says that on her deathbed in 1806, Mercy cursed her party animal son-in-law and his family, saying that the third generation would be the last of the Hayden line. In 1854, William Hayden built the mansion that still stands today. He is thought to have been a party animal like his father, and plans for the home included a spring-suspended dance floor. Mercy's curse from the grave came true because by 1927, the entire Hayden family had gradually died due to an assortment of inexplicable illnesses. The Hayden family along with Mercy Dale are all buried in the family cemetery in Albany. And some have said that they can see ghostly lights near the property thought to be the spirits of the slaves or maybe the family members themselves. Um, But they did say that because they were a wealthier family they did have slaves and that when the slaves passed away they would put them in unmarked graves nearby the house. I know it's so sad. Some say phantom violin music can sometimes be heard in and around the old mansion. And that was because they did have parties at the mansion. um, And that's why like they had the dance floor and stuff. So yeah, that's a short one, but that is the Hayden house you can drive by it. And there are still um, some family members that are alive. And it's funny because one of the family members is like, no, I grew up there and nothing's haunted, nothing ever happened. And then a female family member said that she also grew up in the house and it was, you know, a couple generations down. And she Mm -hmm. said that she experienced seeing ghostly apparitions, hearing music and um, ghostly noises um, when nobody was there and stuff like that.
0: I feel like it feeds into like, you have to kind of believe in that stuff in order to like, see it. Yeah. Because sometimes believing is more than just, you know, seeing what's right in front of you right in
1: front of you and I feel like yeah like you're more open to it if you're more willing to believe that something could be there and sometimes that's bad because then your mind plays tricks on you but yeah but yeah if you're like so closed down that nothing you don't think that could be a possibility at all then unless something is like desperate to get your attention then you're not gonna notice it so
0: Imagine being such a shitty son, though, that your mom curses the whole family. Your mom's
1: like, you like, know Like, how what? shitty do you have to be? Like,
0: <laughs> what level of crap do you have to, like, be at for your, hus- or your husband, your mom, to just be like, no, fuck this family. Y'all <laughs> <Yes>. are cursed.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> care
0: who you is, but.
1: <laughs> and, and for, like, for her to be so pissed about it that on her deathbed, she's like, I curse every one of this member's family. <laughs> like Right. <laughs> oh my god, that level of petty, I love it. Uh, I guess it worked because like all the descendants were from from her daughter's side, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the n- no direct descendants from the Hayden family, so must have worked. Honestly, I feel like I need to do that. Back in the day, I feel like deathbed curses were like the thing, and now nobody does it. So what would be your deathbed curse? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I have a lot more life to live, so I hope, anyways. So maybe something will like happen. Oh, hopefully, someone, none hopefully. of us like
0: piss you off enough <laughs> yeah, right. or like on your deathbed.
1: I'm like, remember my- that one
0: time on July 2001?
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. You did that? But, but I'll, instead of cursing you to die, I'll just curse like, like I'll be you like, you borrowed honey. my t
0: shirt back
1: in right. 2006. You did. You didn't give it back to me. I cursed you with a lifetime of diarrhea. Oh my God. Okay. So, new thing to check off deathbed curses. Done let's do it
0: let's do it let's live record it (laughs) yeah
1: right they're gonna play this like
0: 2077 yeah this is part of the podcast you know
1: like on my funeral they're just playing me talking about curses (laughs) oh my god that would be the best oh man (laughs) I right. slated your death
0: for July twenty-seven se- or 2077, so.
1: 2077, so what is that, 57 years from now? Yeah, you'll be being... in your 80s, so I feel okay. like that's a good, okay. a good wide berth. Sure, yeah. Let's, uh, okay, it's, it's, it's in podcast uh, records now, so. So, like, if that happens, I'm a witch. You are. Okay, so <laughs> Virginia is next, I think, or is it, wait, let me double check that.
0: I have no V. <laughs> I have no V states, so it should be next. I have
1: two Ws, because you know what's tripping me up is I have Virginia and West Virginia, and I feel like those should be back to back, but they're not. I mean, if you wanted to be, I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> no, we got to stick to it. We, we're almost done. We can't change the script <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> How- Oh my goodness. Okay, so this one is called The Bunny Man. It's It's so dumb. The story goes that in 1904, there was an asylum not far from a bridge in Clifton, Virginia. And apparently residents did not like that there was a bunch of mental patients living near their brand new homes. So they got it shut down and all the patients were taken by bus to a place called Lorton Prison. Well, when the bus was crossing over the bridge, it swerved and crashed. They were able to locate all of the inmates that were on the bus, except for one. Why can't I talk? The escaped mental patient was a man named Douglas Griffin. After the crash, he disappeared. Weeks passed and rabbit corpses began appearing in the woods. Douglas was apparently eating them to stay alive. Then one Halloween night, a group of kids were hanging out around the bridge where the crash happened. They reported seeing some sort of bright light or an orb, and then suddenly they were attacked and strung up like the rabbits. They were gutted and hanging from the bridge. Ew. Ugh, I know. The missing mental patient was the assumed killer, and the rumor goes that if you come to the bridge on Halloween night at midnight, you'll end up just like those kids and those bunnies. Other versions of the bunny man man legend tell the story of a couple who was parked in a driveway not far from the bridge in 1970. Suddenly, someone appeared outside their car yelling about trespassing, and then that person threw a fucking hatchet through the car window. Luckily, the couple wasn't injured, but they didn't, in the hubbub, they, like, didn't get a really good look at the man. They said that all they could really remember was that he was dressed in white or a very light-colored cl- clothing, and that he had something on his head. And then throughout the, the telling of the stories in different newspapers and stuff, it trans- eventually transformed over the years to that he had bunny ears on. So, basically, older kids would tell stories of being chased by the bunny man in bunny ears, or chased by a man in bunny ears, and then uh, there was even a bunny man horror movie franchise that was made on this legend, urban legend, so.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think I'd even, even as a teenager, I don't think I'd go to a bridge. It just seems like a whole mess of no.
0: I don't know, bridges, like, when you're driving on the 202 or something like that, I freak, I get freaked out, but mostly because I have images of like the car going off rather than like, I don't know why my brain's like that, but it's like, oh, you're, you know, your car is going to like flip over and you're going to die or like, you're just going to like make a wrong turn or like not make the turn quick enough or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to go off.
1: And I was like, okay. You're like, thanks brain. (laughs) Now I'm going to grip the steering wheel and go so slow that that can't happen. (laughs)
0: Pretty much. And then people are, like, hating you because they're like, why is this motherfucker so slow? (laughs) It's like, I don't want to die, man. Okay. So this is Washington, and it is the UFOs at Mount Rainier. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yep, you are. So on June 24th, 1947, Kenneth Arnold spotted nine mysterious high-speed objects flying like how a saucer would along the crest of the Cascade Range. His report had made international headlines and triggers hundreds of similar accounts of flying saucers locally and across the nation. And I think when this story came out, that was around the time that New Mexico was doing the Roswell and the... Oh. So while flying in his private airplane near Mount Rainier, and he was going from Chehalis, Washington to Boise, Idaho... Kenneth Arnold was startled by a bright light shortly before 3 p.m. He looked north and saw nine gleaming objects racing southward along the crest of the Cascades. They were kind of circular in form, except for one of them was kind of crescent shaped and it was measured about 50 feet across and they appeared to be made of metal. He watched them for approximately two minutes until they disappeared over Oregon. When he had to stop in Pendleton, Oregon to refuel, Arnold described his experience to an editor named Nolan Skiff. He said the vehicles flew in an undulating formation and would weave in and out of the mountain peaks at speeds approaching 1,400 miles per hour. How the hell would you know that? That's crazy. Especially in 1947. Yeah. Like, I f- like no offense, but I feel like technological-wise, you know, like, yeah. I just don't think How there was technology that? to measure that. yeah. So it was picked up by The Associated Press, and it made headlines on June 26. An official Air Force investigation concluded that Arnold has seen a mirage of core cluster of dish-shaped lenticular clouds. Ooh, which would form over mountain peaks.
1: Can you imagine like seeing lights, and someone's like, "Nah, you saw clouds." <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it was like the sun shining through
0: the clouds. And
1: you Yeah, saw that's and was, like, true.
0: I I don't know. I don't know how that makes sense, but (laughs) maybe it's 1947 after all. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) And then on Kenneth Arnold's deathbed, he said that he had several more experiences with mysterious objects to where he would um, call them flying saucers.
1: What? The only thing I can even think of that can like remotely relate to people who have seen like mysterious lights is, and this isn't mysterious. It just, I didn't know what it was at the time. But when, we, when our house was being built and we were living with uh, my husband's parents, uh, I remember I was feeding Isla because she was a baby and I looked at their slider and I saw something in the sky and it like, I was like, what the hell? So I stood up and walked over and it literally looked like something was entering the atmosphere because it had like a bright tip and then like trailing light behind it. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is when the asteroid hits and we all die. But no, it was just uh, the first SpaceX uh, takeoff or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that was happening <laughs> nice <laughs> oh my god I was so freaked out I was, like called everyone I was like what is this like and nobody in the house knew what it was and then we um I, I went on immediately went on Facebook and like looked to see if people were posting and I saw that it was the SpaceX launch
0: <laughs> so like
1: I'm the type of person I,
0: I think that we're not alone in the universe so for sure there's definitely like something How can going we on. be
1: like literally how can we be like how can we be so bold as to think that we are the only living beings in an entire in many universes like what
0: right like i don't know i just i don't especially being like the only intelligent life form yeah i guess which mean we have you know, millions of animal species here, and millions of animal species in the ocean that we still haven't like discovered yet. Right. So I guess we're not that intelligent. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, Intelligence—a uh, very strong word to use for. The, <laughs> I the mean, human in race. some
0: areas we are because right. we're the only ones that have like free will. So I can understand that part. That's true. Like, uh, just thinking that we're the only ones that can like think for themselves and not act based on instincts—it's stupid. Agreed. So if you're listening, aliens, I got you. (laughs) We got you. We believe. We understand each other. (laughs) Don't fight me. They save us when you come. Don't probe me either.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I wasn't expecting you to say that. (laughs) Have you seen Scary Movie 3? Uh maybe. I can't I know I've seen a few of them. I can't remember specifically. <laughs>
0: at the end it's with the alien like it's it's making fun of signs. Oh and Charlie yeah, Shade yeah, is yeah. that <laughs> one and all yes. the it's at the
1: end. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh my god. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the content you came for, people.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, god. that's why I rated what? E for explicit yes
1: yes right when I that. saw that I'm like
0: oh it's rated E for everyone I'm like wait no it's wait, not no. <laughs> it's not a video game <laughs>
1: oh man okay all right moving on <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> West Virginia is next and then you have one more W right yeah it's Wisconsin okay. and then I have Wyoming so okay we can do this we can be on track uh, so you <laughs> are gonna have so much fun editing this episode <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> So West Virginia's urban legend is the Sodder Children Disappearance. On Christmas 1943, the family of two Italian immigrants who settled into Fayetteville, West Virginia, suffered an unimaginable tragedy, a fire that burned their house to the ground. George and Jeannie, or Jenny, sorry, they they were the parents, and a few of their children did manage to escape the flames, but it wasn't the case for all the children. Five of those kids, ranging from uh, ages 5 to 14 were said to have been lost in the fire. I don't know how many kids they had to start with, but they some kids got out and they lost five. So it must have been a pretty big family. The official cause of death for the solder children was listed as the fire, which they deemed to be electrical. However, many neighbors and the solder family themselves believe that something more sinister than a house fire happened. George harbored negative views of Benito Mussolini and his and that government, the Italian government at the time. Some believe his outspoken criticism triggered the disaster at the hands of the Sicilian mafia, who perhaps kidnapped the children before the fire started. The evidence supporting this theory is that there were no remains of the missing children found in the home. This opened up a search conducted by the family, along with federal and state authorities, hoping that maybe the children had escaped when the fire started and that they were nearby. However, the investigation ended with no bodies found, and so the legend lives on. Sylvia Sauter Paxton, which is the last of the surviving children, has continued her efforts to publicize the mystery in hopes of finding an answer of what happened to her siblings. Dang, that's creepy. Isn't that weird? Oh, they were, like, incinerated like, how often bodies are found during, like, a house fire, because what if it's, like, they were near a part where it exploded, and, you yeah. know, what if there's a bunch in one room or two rooms side to side, and something exploded, like, would that destroy all evidence of any bodies being found?
0: And that, and then, I don't know how well the technology for, you know, trying to find DNA was in the 40s back then, and so.
1: Spooky, nonetheless. They seem to believe that the Sicilian Mafia had something to do with it. I mean, that's fair. Eh, I mean yeah. weirder things have happened right <laughs> like it's, right. Not, it's totally not out of the usual to think the only thing that I, I would have an issue with that would be why did they take some of the kids and not the others like I'd be interested to know what they did with them too because you would think if they were going to send a message and kidnap the kids wouldn't you want the family to know that it was your group that did it so unless they're not there was something that happened that they didn't say to police or whatever
0: unless they kidnapped the kids to make them join the mafia Maybe they had certain, like, attributes that the other kids didn't have. Like, they, like, they watched the family for, like, a course of two years. and They're like, oh, this kid's smart. Let's get yeah, him. Yeah,
1: maybe. maybe we and can then we'll like... set a fire, has a cover story. That's right. Pookie. All right, I think you're up next. This is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Is it an urban legend about cheese? No, though I should have looked it up. <laughs> Dang it! I'm just hungry. no. This is the
0: one that had like the who rag or something. Oh,
1: okay, cool. Yeah,
0: do it. It was debunked, and I didn't want to do a debunked one. Oh, but basically, that's right. the the man dressed, he said he spotted like a terrifying creature and it had like huge horns and it was purple and like a weird ass face. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like he he did it basically for money, and then like he was the one dressing up in a costume and Blame. he was. He was whatever it was called. I think it was who rag, but who rag.
1: But no, this is Bloody Bride Bridge. So speaking oh. of bridges. Hey, we got two bridges. Maybe I can add bridges to my haunted highway hate list.
0: <laughs> Spots you would never go, the road and the bridge. <laughs> so I guess you're just staying
1: home. I'm just staying home. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you you just can't go anywhere, Janessa. No, self. I can't. And we, honestly we can't take you
1: anywhere. I'm honestly okay with that. Except for, like, the haunted places that we want to go and, and the fun places like Comic-Cons and stuff. I will drive the bridges and the roads for that, but everything so what? Happens. So what if we drive on the road and, like, someone yeets their ghost baby? Oh, God. I have to tell you, so I've driven across America, and I don't recommend it. If you have to go from one side of the U.S. to the other, please fly. Driving is just the worst, but... I've never been in an airplane. Oh, no, that's right. You were born out here. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, airplanes are scary, so you're not missing out. Um, <laughs> anyways, what I was gonna tell you is that when we were driving across the U.S., I, I want to say it was in like Oklahoma, because back th- th- when when this happened, like we didn't have Google Maps. They, I think we literally printed out like uh, what was what was the direction thing at the time. It was something. It wasn't Google Maps. It was. I was with Joe and his friend Corey and we kind of put like a general direction of where we knew we needed to go. So we're driving through the middle of the night and I believe it's through Oklahoma and we follow this stretch of road and there's nothing around, like absolutely nothing. So we're going down and the road changes from like a big highway to a small like double lane road to a dirt road. And I was just like, something ain't right here. Like some, something does not seem right. <laughs> and I kid you not, we get to the end of this dirt road and it's just this shack. And on the shack is like a ton of different symbols and weird masks. And there it's, it's pitch black. There's nothing else around. And I was just like, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. Like I thought for <laughs> sure we were going to be like surrounded by like a bunch of hills have eyes people or something it was that's so what scary. I was gonna say I was gonna be like it sounds like the hills have eyes <laughs> it was so scary like they're gonna blow out our tires and you know cell phones are shit back then so it's like <laughs> like no service oh my god it was so scary. which makes
0: you wonder how people like got to point a to from to point b with like
1: out technology Wow i i get so like my anxiety is so bad that even if if i know where i'm going i still like google map it i still check it now i can finally get to your house without looking at my phone but it takes like 10 times for me to like be like am i sure i'm going the right way like how do people do that without any of that right oh like
0: reading a map i i I can barely read (laughs) like how the fuck do you read a map
1: (laughs) oh my god reading a map i would be that's just straight shit there's no way (laughs) there's no way (laughs)
0: Like, I would get lost going straight.
1: Yeah, right. Like, oh, this line's supposed to be the highway. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I think we're following it. I I have no idea. (laughs) We'd be in a completely different state.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Highway 66 in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, is known as Bloody Bride (laughs) Bridge. Bloody Bride Bride Bridge. (laughs) 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 That would have made a better story oh my bloody god bride bitch <laughs> it sounds like a movie <laughs> like a crappy sci-fi yes all our budget yes movie. <laughs> bloody bride bitch. we could produce this <laughs>
1: we can come up with a really great idea kathy we're sitting on a gold mine right now
0: <laughs> i'll be the bride dead yes. on a bridge and
1: you'll <laughs> record and i'll just eat children into cards ghost children not real children of course yes oh goodness okay sorry let's do it
0: we'll be millionaires <laughs> yes oh my god according to the legend a bride-to-be was killed in a car accident on her wedding night oh. and continues to haunt that stretch of road she along with her groom are said to appear in the backseat of any car parked on the bridge at midnight oh god Visitors to the bridge have reported not only apparitions, but also strange fog and rock formations, which I don't know what the fuck that is, but okay. Yeah, a strange rock formation.
1: So (laughs) it sounds like like somebody was high when they saw that.
0: (laughs) It says the rock formations can be easily explained, has bored college students from the nearby university building them, but. But we know what's up. Right. It's definitely the bride and the groom. Maybe they're just born and building like their version of sandcastles. That's like, right. Well, you like, got to work with what you have. Yeah. There is no explanation for the aberrations or the fog. Um, that can be easily, you know, discerned. Wow. Despite reports of the bloody woman in white appearing in the middle of the road leading to bloody bride bridge, no record has ever been found that shows a woman died there, nor is there any of it um, it doesn't stop locals from passing on the legend, of
1: course, and it, the bridge is a very popular spot around Halloween time. Ooh, I bet. I read something interesting that was like, every urban legend usually contains like one kernel of truth. So even if it seems like so far out there, you're like, who would believe this? Usually it started or contains like one piece of truthful information. So it's like, I yeah. wonder from this one, I wonder how this even came to be you know there has to be a part that started it well like even with like
0: greek mythology mm-hmm. and all of that there's always like some bit of truth to those stories so it's kind of interesting yeah like even if you don't believe right. like even if you think all of this like all of the non-true crime stuff we talk about like even if you think it's just a whole boo hokey boo whatever you say how however you say that word do not fucking know. <laughs> Like, even if you don't believe it, like, the, you have to think of what inspired these stories to come around, because it's not like humans could be that imaginative.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but usually, like, if, for it to be so, like, what's the word? Like, ingrained in, his, in your, like, town or your city or your state's history, that means a lot of people have to know about it.
0: Yeah, or like with the
1: chupacabra,
0: for example, like, it's in multiple states. In and countries. Multiple countries. yeah there has like even if it is a disease that causes a dog to go super skinny and wart like and disformed it makes you think of like with the Wendigo witch too it's in canada and yeah. in minnesota yeah <laughs> you know it's it's just interesting to see how all of it comes to play out
1: and yeah and comes together and gets people to uh, talk about even and talk about it yeah all right are we on our last state we are finally quite cool. Wyoming, rounding out our uh, fifty urban legends. It's just interesting because I'm like, why? Like, well, there's no Y or Z states. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. So it feels like unnatural to be done. <laughs> to be done. Yeah. That's so true. But we are, and I think uh, we've talked about before. But we think it'd be really cool to to tackle some different countries, like countries like biggest, scariest, weirdest urban legends. So if you're listening and you have one from your country or your home country or your family has like a cool story or something like that uh, just send it to us like you can email us or send it on social media and let us know we'll look into it because Japan I think is probably one of my most favorite ones with those yeah. suicide forests. we'll probably do that one first because that one is really interesting and also very scary so I want to get and it I'm just going to tell
0: y'all this is not going to be in alphabetical order
1: no <laughs> <laughs> no it will not be <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. Like, is there a list of every country in alphabetical order?
0: (laughs) I'm sure there there
1: is. Probably, like for the Olympics or whatever, they in alphabetical order. True. Okay. Well, there probably is. But either way, no. We're gonna pick by interest level. So Japan, obviously, Suicide Forest is super interesting and scary. Let's do. (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, Last state, Wyoming, and theirs is the San Pedro Mountains mummy. So I guess this isn't really like. I mean, it's an urban legend because they don't know exactly the roots of the mummy, but they did actually find this mummy. So in October 1932, while digging for gold in the San Pedro Mountains in Carbon County, Wyoming, two prospectors named Cecil Main and Frank Carr blasted their way through some thick rock that a large vein of gold continued into. When the dust settled, they saw that they had opened up a small room in the mountain, approximately four feet tall by four feet wide and 15 feet deep. This is where they said they first saw the mummy of a tiny person. So the person, get this, was no more than six and a half inches tall in the sitting position that they were in. Six and a half inches tall. What? Thumbelina. Yeah, right. For real. It had been naturally mummified by the environment, leaving it perfectly preserved. Its brown wrinkled flesh remained intact, even down to its fingernails. However, its other features were curious. The head was covered with a gelatinous substance. The nose was flattened, as was the skull, which gave it a low, flat forehead. The mummy's eyes bulged, and its broad, thin-lipped mouth hid a full set of teeth. So, all of that, I was like, okay, reading it like it could have been a uh, like a baby or something, which is what we'll talk about in this next part. But the full yeah. set of teeth thing freaked me out because babies don't have teeth that are like down; like all their teeth are inside their gums. <laughs> like, oh my god so freaky okay so the mummy was examined using x-rays which determined that it was the body of an anencephalic so basically um Um, anencephaly or whatever it's called but it's what happens to those babies where their eyes like get all bulgy and their heads are like weird shapes and so that's what they think it is it was an infant whose cranial deformity gave it the appearance of a miniature adult again a second mummy that they found near the area was examined by the university of wyoming in the in the 1990s and it was also shown to have that anencephalic gosh i should have looked up how to say that word infant when i was reading it i was like oh i can say it (laughs) nope (laughs) DNA testing also showed that it was Native American, and radiocarbon dating dated the mummy back to the 1700s. That's bad. It's almost like, I wonder if a woman had like a miscarriage because the baby had died in the womb or something, and then she- She put it in, like, this cave and sealed it up or something. But, again, the teeth thing is super scary and weird.
0: Well, don't, don't babies have this thing where, like, sometimes if they have too much calcium, like, the calcium deposits build up on their mouth?
1: Yeah, so it looks like a tooth, like a milk tooth, I think is what they call it. But this one had yeah. a full set of teeth. Oh. Yeah, it says the lipped mouth hid a full set of teeth. According to a July 1979 article in the Casper Star Tribune, the first mummy started debates over whether it was a hoax, a baby, or one of the legendary, quote, little people. This is what they said in the article. I'm not saying that that's what I'm calling them, but that's what they said. So the mummy ended up in a Titsi local drugstore where it was shown as an attraction for several years before it was bought by a businessman. Then the mummy was passed on to a different business businessman who was located in New York and then it was lost nobody knows where it is so was the mummy an infant or was it as some experts believe to be the only preserved example of a lost Native American pygmy race attempts have been made, made using comparative evidence to answer these questions because now they don't have a body to actually further examine it more so that sucks. Yeah, and I'll share the picture. I, when I was reading, it it does look like the size of a small child, but without perspective, I had no idea that it was only six and a half inches sitting up. Like, that's bizarre to me. All right, we did it! We did it! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, fifty 50 states of urban legends. I really hope that people liked this series. I mean, the numbers show that they do, so this will be exciting to have this final part done. It's kind of like, oh, load off right it's just like our shoulders on, right on to the next now countries, so, <laughs> countries. <just> <laughs> 100 and whatever what, 108
0: more? oh my god I don't even know I don't, I know, don't even know. know how many countries <laughs> there are.
1: But... a lot um one but this country week, per episode <laughs> yes one per episode and and there'll be ones that we find interesting because some of these are like so dumb but we had to do it because we had to get through the 50 states so yeah, it'll be a little bit different, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I learned a ton about each state, which is really cool. Yeah. Like, I never would have learned about the San Pedro Mountain mummy if I wasn't looking up Wyoming's urban legend, so.
0: Right, or where, like, the poltergeist was expi- and, pfft, the poltergeist was inspired from, <laughs> which is the Bell Witch team. That's right. Just reading that urban
1: legend for Tennessee like I got scared <laughs> right Oof. so I mean this was a pretty cool episode because not only did we wrap up the urban legends but we also announced a new podcast So <laughs>
0: yeah so if you're listening to this one just expect a geeky podcast coming in 2021. 2021 but, yeah. <laughs> and as we figure out the details of course it was on here so y'all know y'all will
1: know for sure cool all right well that will do it Thanks for listening, you guys, and we will... We will catch you on the next one. On the next one. Bye! Bye!